Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Random Red Shirt Podcast. I'm your host, Zach, and co-hosting with me is my good buddy, Chris. How are you doing, Chris? Hello, hello, Zach. I'm doing great. It's great to be back. And we're still here at the 2021 Star Trek convention. It's been a great last couple of days. It really has. Um, I'm getting tired, but that means it's a good thing because we've been busy. We've been running around, doing stuff, going to panels, talking to people, watching people speak, meeting people. Uh, talking about our podcast, uh, buying stuff that our wives probably say we do not need, but the keyword there is we do actually need it. Uh, maybe, well, maybe maybe the word is want, but I feel like sometimes it's a need. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's been awesome. So we had day one. We were going to do um, a recording last night. We didn't end up getting a chance to, so we decided, hey, let's just do a day two, day three, and day four recap, because tomorrow is actually the last day of the convention. Isn't that crazy already, Chris, that it's the last day of the convention? Yeah, it, got, it went by, like, really, really fast. The last couple days have particularly been a blur. I mean, I can remember very clearly, like, meeting Bobby Clark, the Gorn, and then, well, that that was day one, though. That was day one. So, what that. do you remember from day two, three, and four? This, this could be a short episode if you don't remember anything. Plenty, but it was—it's all just like it—it's it, all like a total, total, total blur. But it's been, it's been, um, it has been fantastic. I mean, today when we start talking about today, you know, there was the the huge events um, with the headliners, William Shatner, which has been awesome. We've had some. What's really interesting panels uh, today with some behind the scenes looks at um, the, the creators of of Star Trek, Michael and Denise Okuda, and some some of the other directors and and creators of the show, which was just a, a fantastic fantastic discussion that they had. Uh, yes, yesterday, right? We had this really really interesting um, performance with Shakespeare from some of our from our Star our Star Trek actors that yeah really cool that was an awesome uh time so the the shakespeare event that that you mentioned chris was casey biggs who plays damar in d space nine uh i he also was an alien i don't remember the name of the alien on enterprise and i, I can't remember if he's done some other guest spots but he's most well known for being damar the uh kind of second in command sort of at one point behind uh goldicott on d space nine and then uh, Goldicott goes psychotic and leaves, and then people don't realize he's kind of altered his, his looks to look like a Bajoran to infiltrate the, the Bajorans and Kai Wen. And so Damar ends up leading the resistance against the founders and rising up for Cardassia to take back its rightful place. Okay, okay. I, I got to stop, stop because we're going to start getting into the Deep Space Nine rabbit hole and... I know down the road we're going to talk about D Space Nine, and that could be like 50 episodes worth of our podcast. But I could talk about D Space Nine every day of my life. I love it. It's my favorite favorite Star Trek show. Um, so you had him. You had uh, Jeffrey Combs, who has played. I'm trying to think. He might have played more guest characters or more characters throughout the Star Trek shows than anybody else. It's going to be real close because James Cromwell has played a lot too. But he's played a lot. But he's also uh, mostly well known for being Wayun in D Space Nine, the Vorta that everybody loves to hate. He was also Liquidator Brunt on D Space Nine. He was Commander Shran, the Andorian on uh, Star Trek Enterprise. So he's played a lot of profound roles, a lot of great roles uh, throughout his time on Star Trek. And then we had Von Armstrong. Von Armstrong played uh, the Admiral, and I, his name is escaping me, from Enterprise. He also uh, has played numerous other characters 
throughout the Star Trek um, uh, shows. And, of course, all these actors have done other things, too. They're all uh, trained Shakespearean actors, though. They've all done Shakespeare in their past in the theater. And that was an absolutely amazing event to listen to different excerpts from po- uh, from plays and stuff that they really like a lot. It was. And we got to see Jeffrey Combs in Romeo and Juliet as Juliet. Juliet. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. And uh, did he play a convincing Juliet? What do you think? I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> it was, he was pretty. He was pretty good. Uh, yeah, he was what he was opposite. It was uh, Jeffrey Combs as Juliet and then Casey Biggs as uh, Romeo. Yeah, that was hilarious. Uh, that yeah, they did it fantastic. That that was hilarious. Um, yeah, we we've seen a lot of really um, great panels here now. You know, you you could say, well, how have the panels been? Right, that's probably a question that that some of our listeners might be asking, right? Because we talked about in our our first our last episode which is a season premiere of season two here on the random red shirt podcast of what has the convention looked like and what are the panels been like with a lot of people canceling. In fact, we just found out uh, like two days ago that Jerry Ryan's blue plate seven of nine canceled last minute. Uh, we're going to have a, a guest on the second segment. Who's going to talk about his, I'm sure utter disappointment of that. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, the panels have still been good. They still had a lot of great panels here, even though they have had a lot of headliners and main cast members cancel, but they have been really good. Has there been any panels, Chris, from day two, three, and four so far? Um, and, and leave one of them out, because we'll talk about that one a little more in depth. Uh, but besides the one we listened to today, the big headliner, yeah. uh, what other panels besides that one that we'll talk about here in a few minutes have you really, really enjoyed or really found a lot of insight into or learned a lot about that maybe you didn't know before? Yeah, actually, uh, I want to talk about the Vorta panel. Is that, yeah, clear. Um, this is something I, I didn't know, but it was really interesting to, to hear about. Like, uh, they, they brought in Jeffrey Combs. They brought in um, uh, Caitlin Hopkins. They brought in a couple other of actors that had played the Vorta in DS9. And what, what I found really particularly interesting is, um, you know, at the, at the beginning when the actors were trying to understand, you know, what and who the Vorta are and, and how they should play, they really didn't know. They really didn't understand this idea other than there's this, this uh, species called uh, the, the Vorta. So listening to Jeffrey Combs talk about how he, fi- how he found um, his right method to, to play the Vorta was was pretty cool. He talked about uh, making the Vorta seem like obsequ- obsequious. I think that was the word he used. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> he does. <laughs> we hope. Yeah. Yeah. He used it a couple times, so I think he has an idea what it means. I hope. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And um, and he was he was thinking of these these Vorta are. You know, he mentioned that they don't have any appreciation for art, and they they had actually brought that up in a, a DS9 episode, and that they're they're they were made to be uh, intensely loyal um, to the founders, um, and made to be this friendly face uh, for this this really unfriendly kind of background like enemy being being the founder. So so that was interesting. And then he went off on um someone from the audience asked an interesting question on. Um, um, on Wei Wei like Wei number six, one one of them, yeah, yeah. There there was one that had been terminated by the founders, 
and so that was a question from the audience. And then he went off to say, you know, the Vorta, uh, his character, the one that had been terminated, was was looking to evolve and looking to become better than he was. And so then his kind of understanding of the Vorta as a species then, then after was like, they were capable of much more and they could have been like a friendly race in the galaxy, but they were kept from that, you know, from, from the founders. So, so, you know, they talked a lot about those, those things uh, in, in that, that Vorta panel discussion. Caitlin Hopkins also had some interesting like insights on, on how she, she played it too. So yesterday I remember that pretty, pretty, pretty clearly. And, and uh, I thought that was really neat to see how, how they approached it, you know, without, without too much knowledge on, on the Vorta as a, as a species, how they could bring that to life. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good panel. Um, I mean, DS9 is always going to have a special place in my heart as number one. Uh, you know, we talked about this, I think, a little bit, Chris, maybe uh, in our – you know what? I'm trying to think if we talked about this in our great nerd debate, which was episode number two from season one, or our premiere episode of the top ten sci-fi franchises. But I, I think we've talked about this, whether it's been off-air or not. Um, you know, G-Space 9 is like 1A and TNG is like 1B for me as far as Star Trek shows. They're really, really close, and it's really hard sometimes to differentiate the two. But DS9 typically squeaks out TNG um, for a lot of reasons. And so you hit on a lot of good points about the Vorta. I mean, they're another species that was created out of V-Space 9. And the whole arc with the, the, the Dominion, the Founders, the Vorta, the Jem'Hadar was so well written. You know, the showrunner, Iris Stephen Bear, just did a phenomenal job with his team of writers that really brought DS9 to life. And DS9, in my opinion, is the best Star Trek show because of the writing, because of the introduction of a continual story arc, which didn't exist in Star Trek before DS9. Uh, it was ahead of its time because now you look at shows these days and they're all like a running, you know, arc and running plot. Whereas TNG followed suit of the original series of the new adventure every week and every episode of the different episode and so forth. DS9 had that to a point, but it had a lot of continual story arcs, especially when you got into like season four, season five, and then especially season six and seven. But that panel was great. Like you said, you had Jeffrey Holmes, Caitlin Hopkins, Kitty Swank, who played uh, who, who played a Vorta, and Anna Bajoran, who's also Armin Shimmerman, who played Cork. That's his wife in real life. And then you have Molly Hagen. Now, the cool thing about Molly Hagen is Molly Hagen was actually the first Vorta, oh. not Jeffrey Combs. Okay. So in the season two finale, the name of the episode was called The Gem Hadar, is the first time that we were introduced to the Gem Hadar and subsequently the Vorta. Molly Hagen played that first Vorta that they meet. Now she's initially, she's running away from the gem Hadar. She's acting like she's like this, uh, or not running away. I'm sorry. They, they meet her in this, this gem Hadar prison. She's acting as though she's become a prisoner of the gem Hadar to trick these people, the Federation, because uh, you had captain Cisco or commander Cisco. You had Jake, his son, you had Nog and you had Quark all in this little adventure. They're going on this like exploration, of this planet for a, for a school project for Jake and Nog. And little do they know they're going to run into the Dominion and the Vorta. And so it's really cool because you get to meet these two of the three, what I call the triad of the Dominion, right? You have, because you have the founders who are the changelings, right? Like Odo, shapeshifters. You have the Jem'Hadar who are basically like the 
the grunts, the brute force that are just cannon fodder for the, the Dominion or the founders to, to um, inflict their will. And then you also have the Vorta. So, and the Vorta are ones that are kind of the go-between right there, like the ambassadors for, for the founders. Um, but Molly Hagen played the first Vorta. And so Jeffrey Combs had something to go off of a little bit, a little tiny sliver to go off of when he became Wayun. Molly Hagen had nothing. So that way I found that really interesting. Her, her talking about her experiences. Okay. She's going to be this new race basically. And yeah. she's being, she's only in that one episode, but it was really neat to see kind of like we talked about. And what you mentioned is that, you know, they, they each had their different way of playing the Vorta. Right. And then you had Iggy pop, this famous um, musical artist who was brought in later on in the show to play a Vorta and all these different actors that played Vorta and how they each represent a unique approach to the, to the, to the uh, species. So I thought that was really neat and a really good panel. A lot of fun. Yeah, def- definitely, Re- really a lot of fun. And then, um, then Shakespeare, Shakespeare from from that day too, like just giving us just giving us a lot of comedy and a lot of laughs too, and a, a lot of uh, uh, kind of dramatic moments in those Shakespeare plays too. You know, yes, yesterday we also had um, Walter Koenig was there yesterday, I believe, right? Yeah, Walter yeah. Koenig was there yesterday, and he was a blast to listen to. Um, you, he's five years younger than Shatner. Yeah, but he doesn't have the energy Shatner does. That was a, this is not a slam yeah. on on Walter Koenig at all. But yes, um, he, you can tell. But what was cool was is that during the panel, you saw Walter Koenig run back and forth, and well, kind of jog back and forth across the stage from side to side. You know, to each side wherever the question was coming. Uh, you know, the microphone. That was really cool. He's like getting up. He's like, I want to get in my exercise. You know, and he's moving, and it kind of gives me motivation. Like, hey, these guys are in their eighties. They've been they've been doing a lot of stuff for a long time. They're still trying to, you know, kind of stay in shape, keep their keep the blood flowing, you know, keep the joints moving, and try, you know, trying to stay healthy and do as much as they can to keep going because I think that's really all you can do when you get to a certain age, right? Yeah, yeah, that was good. Um, some some of the things we got to learn from from Walter and some of the projects that he's doing. I mean, we learned that he's working on a novel, so he, he shared that with us with a little bit. So that, that yeah, was about good. a serial killer. Yeah, about the serial killer. So that was that was unique. Yeah. So um, you know, we hope he's able to to complete that project and then share it with us and in, in the near future. And then we learned uh, about now uh, we learned about his character a little bit more, not from star Trek, uh, but from Babylon five too. And this is not something I'm very familiar with because I haven't seen Babylon five yet. And I intend to. In the near yet. Yeah. Yet. Yet. Because yeah. you got to watch it. Chris. I'm telling you. you yeah. Watch it. Yeah. But, but um, his name, the character's name is Foster. Is that now Bester? Bester. No, Bester with a B. Oh, uh, B. Bester. Bester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, so, so Bester is uh, an amazing character. Uh, I really enjoy one of my favorite characters from, from Babylon 5. And uh, Bab- uh, Bester is um, is a, uh, a psychic. He has psychic powers. And he is part of something called the Psychor. And everybody hates the Psychor. They're like, um, I would equate, if you're a Star Trek fan and you haven't watched Babylon 5, I would equate. Uh, the Psychor to kind of like the Section Thirty One of Star Trek. Okay. Psychor is like this group of, of 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 psychics who have these powers and stuff, and they go around doing things, and they're they're supposed to be like helping make sure that psychics don't get out of control, and there's all these things they do, but they do a lot of shady work. Okay. And nobody trusts them. And Bester is kind of like the face of the Psychor, and he's he's manipulative, he's deceptive, he's he's cold hearted. Like he's a character you really love to hate. Okay. Um, and I really liked that Walter Koenig talked a lot about that character because he had a couple questions about it. Yeah. And it was really cool to hear his insight because the last time I saw him speak, 
he didn't there wasn't a lot he didn't talk a lot about that because there wasn't a lot of questions but this time he did and it was really good to hear yeah there, there's the one the one question about that, that came from the audience that was that was pretty neat and, and forgive me if i forgive me if i get it wrong because you know i'm not familiar familiar with fester but they had a question on fester's hand and right because his hand was always clenched in a fist and and they asked uh, I, I guess the background was uh the character of Bester had had shot someone and, and and killed someone and then after after that event happened it was it was traumatic and he couldn't open his hand after that and the question you know to to walter was uh, you know how did that come about you know was that something that was um crafted from the writers of the show or the creators of the show and it was interesting his his response was that was walter koenig's creation and it was uh, he didn't really he didn't discuss it i don't think he just really discussed it with any other creators of the show but he brought that as part of the background of his char character um, and created that and um he felt that you know that helped give some strength to to bester so so you know for for our listeners that may love Bab that have have watched uh, Babylon Five and we're wondering for some of that background. That's that's some some great background to the character of Vesta for us. And once you watch Babylon Five, Chris, we'll do a deep dive into that show. So okay. finish Voyager. <laughs> uh, go back and do your rewatches for the rest of the stuff. You need to go back and rewatch again to get you know refresh yourself for Star Trek, and then watch Babylon Five. Binge it, and then we'll 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 do a deep dive into Babylon Five in a future season, maybe like season three or season four, where you know down the road. But we'll definitely do a deep dive into B Five because um, we've talked about it before, right? During our top ten, our our, our pilot episode of, of the Random Red Shirt, uh, uh, that Babylon Five is something you either love or hate. It's, yeah, uh, there's not a lot in between. But so, what other panels did you see that you that you that you really liked? Uh, this being your first convention, um, there aren't too many panels that I have gone to and that I've at this convention or other conventions in the past that I haven't already heard or seen, although new anecdotes, new stories come up every once in a while. But, uh, so being this being your first convention, I know you don't have other panels to compare it against, but what other panels did you really enjoy, uh, and, 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 uh, you know, uh, take part in or not take part in, but listen to, uh, during the, the last couple of days. They, they had another, uh, DS nine panel with, with Armin Shimmerman and Sirach Lofton, uh, James Darren and Robert O'Reilly. That was kind of that, that was neat to listen to and and hear those actors from from DS9. Uh, enjoyed that a, a lot too. Um, and kind of uh, kind of hearing uh, so so the one on Thursday, which was DS9, that Armin Shimmerman, his character is Quark, and then one today uh, where. Uh, it was the actor that played Rom, Max Grudenchik. Max, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I en I enjoyed that tremendously to see to see uh, Armin and to see Max. So so Quark and Rom, and to see them talk about their different char uh, characters, and to hear how uh, Rom, how Max developed Rom's voice, uh, you know, because Rom's got a, a very distinctive kind of voice and and that's not how max sounds at all in person yeah uh, but max, yeah he put put the teeth in right yeah and he's like moogie yeah yeah i can't that that probably doesn't do any justice for those of you out there who know this nine but yeah so 
Yeah, that was that was fun to see and, and hear him say um, how he speaks uh, in Rom's voice at the very very back back of his throat. So so that 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 was neat too. You know, on Thursday too, we we also got to hear from uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say her name right. Uh, Dina yeah, Mine. Dina. Yeah, Dina I called her, I, I called her Dina when I met her. She's like, actually, it's Dina. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. She's like, no, it's okay. She's like, how, how, how would you know any better, right? You know, like, I'm like, oh, well, it's okay, sorry. Hi, Dina. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, that was funny. Like, Dina Meyer and, and Greg Grunberg. And then Dina, uh, well, not only is she in Star Trek, and, and actually, I, I don't, Zach, you and I, we both didn't realize she was in, in Star Trek. Uh, but she's uh, she's dizzy from Starship Troopers, which we were. Uh, yes, good old Dizzy Flores. Yeah, so that that was cool, and that and that was cool to um to hear Dina. So Dina plays uh, Romulan in um, Star Trek Nemesis. Was that yeah Star Trek Nemesis? Yeah, Commander Dinatra. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so that was interesting to hear her speak about that part because I don't think she knew what a Romulan she and she talked about this with the audience. I don't think she knew what a Romulan was or what a Romulan did. So so she had to get some background like information from other people on on what's a Romulan. So she so she was able to do that and bring that part to um to, to her performance. So so that was pretty interesting and, and uh I'm glad we got to hear that from her. You know we, we heard some some more from other guest stars that have um, been in Voyager. Like uh, seven of mom's nine. Oh, <laughs> you did it again, man! I did, you it, again. did it again, Chris. I have it's not been seven. Able... You haven't been able to say it right the whole time. I haven't. It's seven of nine's mom. I know you're saying seven of mom's nine, but it's. I'm sorry. That that's no, going to be a new board designation. Seven of mom's nine. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where that board falls into the whole plots and everything, but uh, yeah, that was cool. This was her. I think was this her first convention? Yeah, I think so. I think it was. Yeah. So, so uh, that was you know the questions uh, to her panel were you know did they ever realize uh, that they would become uh, part of you know Star Trek lore or or Star Trek history and or become as big a part of their as big a part in their lives as it is now and of course you know none of none of them did so so that was that was good to. Good to hear. Good to, to see them. How about you? Any any of the panels that, that you've enjoyed the last last couple of days or ones that stuck out on your end? Yeah, I, I've enjoyed um, quite a few of the panels. E- even ones I've already uh, people I've already seen speak. Yeah. You know, they're 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 always enjoyable. I, I always love listening to the different actors who played on D Space Nine. Um, you know, when you go to a convention, there's always going to be people ask questions. They're going to ask questions that, these, that a lot of these actors have gotten several times. So you hear a lot of similar answers. But then every once in a while, you do get some new stories and stuff, which is great. So I always love hearing that. Um, I, I really enjoyed the behind-the-scenes panel with uh, Rick Sternbach, David Livingston, who I didn't know this. David Livingston, who started off as a producer on Next Gen, actually has gone on to direct – more episodes of Star Trek than anybody else. They said 62 episodes across Next Generation, D Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise. Yeah. So that was really impressive. So he still holds the record, I believe. I know Jonathan Frakes has got quite a few himself, the guy who played Commander Riker. Um, but hearing him and then hearing um, uh, Ron B. Moore, mm-hmm. uh, not Ron D. Moore, which is a 
he's another guy we'll hear tomorrow, actually. Um, that was really cool to hear their behind-the-scenes stories because without those guys and the gals who worked behind the scenes and did all that stuff, you know, they're the ones that come up with the design for the costumes and the wardrobe or the props and the, the sets and the starships and the special effects and all that stuff. So they're what you see on the screen is really a result of their work. So that's really cool to hear. I really enjoyed hearing Dynamite. So today we got to hear from somebody on stage I've never listened to at a panel, and I think it's his first Star Trek convention ever, and that's Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know who Kelsey Grammer is, you, you may you may already know, but Kelsey Grammer played I think he still has the record for the longest running television show character in TV history, Dr. Fraser Crane. So he played Dr. Fraser Crane on Cheers for 9 seasons and then went on for 11 seasons to play Dr. Fraser Crane as the main character on Fraser. So I mean, I grew up my parents used to watch Cheers and Frasier, so that was on, and that, you know, I, I can't say that I really watched Cheers that much, but I did watch Frasier a lot, and I really enjoyed that show a lot. It was really funny. Um, and then, of course, he's played Beast and X-Men. Uh, he was in the uh, Swing Vote movie with Kevin Costner that came out back in 2012, I think it was. 20, 2008, whatever. Anyways. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, he got, like, six seconds of screen time as captain morgan bateman on the episode cause and effect from next generation so that was cool uh but it was really cool to hear him speak hear some funny stories from uh from when he was in theater uh, bending over to pick this woman up as his character and he just rips butt and the whole cast laughs and and then the really sad story was he was in the middle of a of a uh uh performance in one of his theater shows and someone in the audience died yeah. And he actually got really choked up about that. And then he got choked up about a couple other things and actually started crying on a couple of them. So he was pretty emotional, actually, throughout his uh, his panel. But it was really cool to see him speak because I've never seen him before. So that was really neat. Um, of course, Walter Koenig. See, anytime you see the Legends, the original series cast, I think that's always special. Uh, we got to see George Takei speak, and he's always a blast. He's funny. Yeah. Um, really enjoy listening to him speak. And then we got the headliner for the whole convention – Anytime he's at a convention, he's typically the headliner. Uh, the one and only Captain James Tiberius Kirk, who I wanted to name my son after. We got the James part, but my wife wouldn't give me the Tiberius. She's like, you're not naming your son James Tiberius. <laughs> so whatever. But the, the one and only James Tiberius Kirk, William Shatner today for the, his headlining speech. And, and I want to know, Chris, um, this is uh, this is the probably the fourth or fifth, probably the fifth time, maybe even the sixth time I've seen Shatner speak because uh, most conventions I've gone to, he's he's been there. What were your thoughts on on his uh, panel and um, you know the things he had to say and stuff? This is the first time you've heard him, uh, and, and and I kind of hyped it up a little bit and told you, yeah, you know, it's really really fun, entertaining stuff. What were your thoughts on on uh, what you heard today? I was extremely impressed with William Shatner. You know, from from when he came on. Um, he and when he came on, it was just him. So he got introduced by the host, and then from then on, you know, it was just him. Yeah, William Shatner knows how to work a room. Yeah, <laughs> he does. Way, right? He does. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's definitely an entertainer, and he had he, you know he brought in an incredible amount of energy there. He was completely engaged with with the audience. You know, he he was funny. Um, and immediately when he came in, he wanted to connect with people. 
and so and and he you know he was connecting with everyone there would be i know audience members just right right in the front and then he'd stop and he'd just start talking to them he start talking to them like you know one of them had a service dog and he was like hey that dog needs to find a seat you know get that get that dog a seat so so ex- extremely um funny and present like completely present in the moment and i i could i could kind of sense that and and he talks about that in, in during his speaks and um during his monologues too i mean he talked he talked about his experience with with his horses um and he talked about his experience like scuba diving and with with sharks and then relating that to uh being in the moment and appreciating the moments in, in life he, you know he did share with us his experience through covid and that he was able to make it through um, healthy and that, you know, he was, he was fortunate because his house was big and he could drive to, to his, his stable and he could be with his horses. So he felt, you know, fortunate, felt very fortunate about that and was um, wanting everyone else to be healthy too. Um, and then after, you know, a, af, after he talked, it was a good deal that he, he talked without taking questions first, but he talked about these kind of recent experiences in his life and the projects he's working on. Um, and kind of relating it to encouraging people to um, appreciate the moment and live, live, live in the moment. He was extremely funny when, when, he, when he took questions and sweet too. And he was very, he was very sweet uh, to, to some of, the, some of the, the people, very sweet to the children, uh, very, very sweet to the, some of the older audience members that, that asked questions. And then, and then very, very funny uh, to others. You know, I, I, sorry, I, I really yeah. enjoyed this one part of it um, where he, somebody asked him a question, right? Yeah. And he went on with this long winded thing because usually he, somebody asked him a question, he'll just go on and on and on and be like, where, where, where was I? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And then so somebody asked him a question, right? And then he, he got down answering the question and then he went on to this next guy and this guy, they're like, because he's like, hey, where'd that guy go? You know, the guy who asked a question, he went back to his seat. Yeah. And so the next guy he was going to, and you know, answer a question from was like, oh, he probably grew up and went to college yeah. by now. And Shatner was dying laughing. He thought that was hysterical. They looked at him. He's like, all right, young man, you you uh, you sarcastic, you know, whatever. I'm whatever. Whatever he said, um, uh, just really funny. I mean, the whole audience was dying. He was dying. He was red in the face from laughing so hard. It was a really really good moment. Yeah, it was. It was beautiful. It was beautiful too. Then there was the other audience member um, that asked a question, and this this was. This, this this was funny too, um, where he uh, the audience member had asked on uh, it was a question relating to Captain Kirk feeling mortality, um, and the and the arc of Captain Kirk, and and William Shatner he took that he took it was funny the way he took it he took that question, and he turned it into this this beautiful story and this beautiful description and, and he started talking about continuity and life. Um, and then and the earth and, and, and animals and, and took that and he brought it in, you know, I won't do it justice in my description, but I can just say it was, it was beautiful and he brought it in this this full full circle. And then he and he turns back to see if, if the guy guy was there and the guy wasn't there. And he said, Where'd he go? That that's where the smart out came in, right? And he was yeah. like, oh, I think he grew up and went to college yeah. or whatever. Oh, oh. Oh, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. It was. Oh, was it? it was. It was. Where'd he go? And the guy left. And he goes. He goes. Hey, what I had to say was important. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and yeah. He left. He yeah. says, "I'm 90 years old, and I have something to say." That's right. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 That was good. 
yeah. that was really good. But I mean, o- overall, uh, it, it looked like you really enjoyed Shatner's panel. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I th- there are rumors out there, and these are just rumors, people. There are rumors out there that Shatner's reached a milestone, 90 years old. He's going to stop doing conventions. He didn't make any hint of that. In fact, in fact, he actually made jokes about how, you know, all you people are wanting my autograph today. It's like, man, there's more people want my autograph today. It's like, you guys think I'm going to die. This is going to be your last chance. And then the autographs are going to value itself. He's like, I assure you. He's like, I don't plan on going anywhere, basically. So I don't think this is going to be his last convention, which I hope not, because I hope we still get more years with him, just like any of the other actors, right? You know, we've had actors who passed away when they're too young. And uh, other original series actors who passed away earlier than him. Him and Nimoy's birthdays this year, they were, not, they, they were 90. Well, Nimoy would have been 90 because mm-hmm. they're only three days apart in age. Um, and so I, I hope we get Shatner for many more years to come so more generations can continue to enjoy him and enjoy his performances at conventions and so forth. And I, I'm glad you were able to make it out this year uh, and see him for the first time because it really is a treat when you get a chance to listen to, to, to William Shatner on stage um and perform like that because really his convention when he goes to conventions he really is performing on those stages and uh, it's always fantastic yeah and he's got he's got quite a few projects coming out too and he talked about that yeah the dude's too so busy i joke around all the time and i I don't mean to sound morbid but he's too busy to die he's so he's always doing stuff right he he's so busy and that dude has more energy and more drive and stamina and passion at 90 than I feel like I do at 30. He makes me look bad, and I'm only 36. So I got some work to do, Chris, to make myself anywhere close to having the drive he does to be successful. Yeah, he's driven. Appreciate that. Yeah. He really, really is. So we've had a ton of good panels. There's some more great panels coming up in the last day of the convention tomorrow. We're look, we, as we look forward to tomorrow, we look at the, the panel coming up for the Picard show. Now, Brent Spiner's not going to be there to be, you know, you know, Dr. Soon. Uh, but we're going to get Issa Briones, I think that's how you say her name, as Soji. We're going to get Evan Evagoria, Jonathan Delarco, who played, who comes back as Hugh. Or actually, he has a, he has a board designation, but he would be known as Hugh from TNG and then Michelle Hurd. Uh, and then we get a DS9 Part 2 uh, panel. We get uh, another behind-the-scenes with a very big producer on Star Trek, Jerry Taylor, as well as Ron D. Moore, who is a showrunner for, uh, for Battlestar Galactica, as well as Out- the principal writer for Outlander, which is an incredible show. And he also got to start writing on Star Trek. Uh, or big, big, big start, big break. And then we have an Enterprise panel and a Voyager panel. I mean, it's packed tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of great stuff tomorrow. Really looking forward to those panels Um Hopefully, you know, there's a lot of stuff there you're looking forward to hearing for the first time. And uh, there'll be a lot of great stuff to share as we go throughout the day tomorrow. So looking forward to that. Uh, But let's take a break, Chris. Let's get a message from our sponsor. And we come back, let's talk about what we've seen the last few days. Besides other than the panel, we've seen lots of other stuff. Lots more cosplayers, some really interesting cosplayers Mm -hmm. and some really good ones. Uh, We'll talk about some people we've got a chance to meet and get autographs and photos and such with as well as a, another interview we're working on lining up down the road. So let's take a break, Chris, and we come back. We'll chat about all those things and more. We've got a special guest joining us for part two. Excellent. So stay tuned for that, folks. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this message from our sponsor. Okay. Then. All right. And we are back from our break after hearing a word from our sponsor. And we have had a really good time the last three days, Chris. Um, it's been a lot of fun. 
We have. We've seen a lot, talked to a lot of people. Got to see some friends I haven't seen in four years. So that was really great. Uh, talking to some other people that uh, I haven't seen in a while. Um, introducing myself to people who obviously don't know me. Uh, and talking about our podcast and the future of our podcast. Uh, and for interviews and so forth, uh, we've gotten a really good opportunity to get to know different uh, folks who are, um, you know, business owners. Like I remember in, in, in uh, the last episode we did for day one of the, of the convention, we talked to uh, the owners of the Multiverse products who make those tables. Yeah. You know, we got a lot of good info from them. We've got a, got a lot of good info from the Migo people. And, and what they're looking at doing, doing going forward, the Star Trek wine folks, they want to do an interview with us talk about their product uh, and what you guys can expect. And those wines look fantastic. Um, whether you're a wine drinker or not, just having the bottles is great. And then, you know, we've seen a lot of cosplay. Now, this is my seventh convention. I feel like sometimes I've seen it all, but I've seen some new stuff uh, this year that's been really fantastic. Uh, and so it's been really great. That being said, our other cohorts, or the other guy who's been with us uh, during this convention trip uh, this year, is our friend Ray, and he joins us now on the Random Richard podcast. Ray, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Zach. Thanks for having me, and uh, looking forward to the conversation between you and Chris. Welcome. Welcome, Ray. Thanks for being on. Yeah, and so, uh, Ray, tell us a little bit, um, when did you, just real briefly, Reader's Digest version, when did you get into Star Trek? Like, what what started that for you, and... Uh, how many conventions have you been to prior to coming to, uh, to this one this year? So, interestingly enough, uh, I got into Star Trek uh, when my dad and I would watch the series when I was a young boy. And, of course, I'm talking about Toss is, is what I grew up with. And then it kind of died down, and it wasn't until uh, Zach and I uh, became friends where we, he re-energized that love for Star Trek within me with, that I didn't know I had, to be honest with you. And he invited me to my first convention, and this was in 2017, if I remember correctly. And it was it was great. I, I mean, I felt like a little kid in a, in a candy store, you know, just looking around at the convention, looking all, listening to all the panels, and it was my first opportunity at meeting uh, William Shatner. And I thought that was, you know, it couldn't have been any better for me. Yeah, now... Um... In the past, William Shatner has kind of gotten a uh, – he, he's had a bit of a reputation in the past for being cold or not very not very friendly to his fans. Um, I, over the years that I've met him, I've never seen that. Um, I do believe that over the past several years, uh, that has changed a lot. What has been you know, your experience with meeting William Shatner and meeting a lot of the other celebrities and actors and so forth that you have met – both in 2017 as well as this year. So what, I, what I've noticed, and William Shatner in particular, the first time that I met him, and you know this story better than most folks, but, you know, because you were there, but when I first met him, you know, I was giving him a photograph to autograph for me, one of the many things I had asked him to autograph for that first year. And, you know, he, he grabbed his photo and started signing it really quick before I had the opportunity to ask him to sign it in a different color than what he was using, right? And so I wanted it in silver, and he had signed it in black. And he looked at me and he says, it looks better in black. 
and kind of smirked, you know. <laughs> the Shatner humor. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of, you know, interesting that, that he was um, like that. And this year, I had him sign something else for me. And what was interesting about this year is, and we talked about this as well, and I noticed that he was, you know, very polite and asking people what color they wanted to use their markers, where they wanted to sign on the particular item. And so, I, of course, I made the comment this year that because uh, he was signing a, a chair for me and uh, he signed it in black. And I said, it looks better in black, don't it? And he looked at me and smirked again. So, you know, I can tell he's very personable. And uh, so I really enjoyed doing that with him. And as for some of the other folks that I've met uh, across the way, I've noticed that they're really into meeting their fans a lot more than I thought. So it's been uh, an enjoyable experience from that standpoint. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Um, I, it, yeah, I, I haven't ever had anything bad to say about Shatner and really I think everybody I've met so far at the conventions has been been friendly I haven't had any bad experiences you know some people do but there are some fans who just go over the top or they just you know it can be really I'm sure annoying for people to deal with but um, you know Chris we have seen a ton and I mean a ton of costumes which you do every year at the convention right I mean so second day of the convention I wore my um my uh, next or my D Space Nine one piece jumpsuit, uh, Command Red. And then yesterday I wore my uh, Spock tunic. Um, That's and right. 2017 was the first time I ever cosplayed. I ever dressed up for a convention. I never dressed up before until 2017. And then, uh, and, and I know Ray was the same thing. He had never dressed up for a convention either until 2017. Um, but what kinds of costumes, what kinds of um, cosplay things have you guys seen? so far this convention in the last, or I should say in the last couple of days, right? We talked about the first day what we saw. What are some of the things that you guys have seen as far as cosplay stuff these first, these last, you know, three days? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Ray, we can totally see your love of Star Trek too. That was, that, that was awesome to see you while I've been here. We have, not only have we seen, but we have heard a whole bunch of Klingons. Oh my gosh! So you heard them too in the vendors' room, right? When they were like, somebody was like, "Con!" and then yeah. the Klingons who are yelling is like, "Oh, I heard that." I turned around, I was like, "Oh, the Klingons are here because they're making a ruckus as usual." Yeah, they're like they're yelling like intermittently, like every every uh, seems like every minute or a couple minutes. And so uh, I, I was I was talking <laughs> with a vendor, and the vendor's like, yeah, "I wish the Klingons would stop yelling." <laughs> so so there have been plenty of like a full full dressed out Klingons in, in uniform. There's been some crossovers like, like um, we saw some Deadpool. We saw, we saw like a Spock Captain America, something like that. Now, mind you, Deadpool was wearing a red shirt. Like, so you could oh. say that Deadpool was a random red shirt yeah. amongst the crowd. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Right. There's some ones that I, I didn't expect uh, that I thought were pretty original. Uh, there was a, uh, you remember this the the episode the Squire of Gothos? Actually, I don't remember if that was the name of the episode, but but it was the Squire of, Squire of Gothos, um, and then I saw someone dressed up like him, plus uh, plus well, the the female officer that was that was part of that away team too. Um, so that I thought, oh, that was really creative. Plus, I saw a villain from uh, one of the original series episodes, so that 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 was cool. I didn't expect those. I mean, I expected to see a lot. Of others, um, but how, how about you? Any any that that uh, Ray or, or Zach that you've seen? 
So this morning when I when I uh, showed up for the bridge photo with William Shatner, they did the parade of the costumes. And you got an opportunity to see all the folks that uh, were dressed up in the different costumes. And the one that, to me, that kind of stood out that I liked was Q, just because I liked that character. And he, I mean, this this individual was full-blown, uh, and it was a great, great costume, I thought. Was he the so he was the one that dressed like Q from the premiere episode of TNG and kind of Farpoint, right? The very first one, right? Where, he, where he's dressed up as the judge, right? When he's judging humanity on their crimes, exactly. So, yeah, that was a great cause. And I believe he actually, I think he said at one of the panels, he asked a question and said it was his first convention, too, right? Yes, yeah, that was a great costume for sure. Um, I saw, uh, some Star Trek the motion picture uniforms for sure. Mm-hmm. Though, you know, I'm not really a fan of those personally. I think they're some of the ugliest uniforms in Star Trek, but that's just my own opinion. Uh, we definitely started to see more uh, more Vulcans. Uh, we saw, and I cannot remember the name of the alien, uh, but there's a green alien that appears on the, on the, on the Enterprise bridge. And uh, I saw that guy dressed as that alien, and he was holding up a, a plastic sign in front of him to be like a space shield. And it and it was held up, and it had writing on it to make it look like the credits <laughs> popping on the screen. So it was incredibly creative. It's the first time I've ever seen anybody do that, by the way. So in seven conventions, I've never seen anybody do that. Of course, we didn't have to wear face shields in the other conventions. This was before COVID, right? So that was really awesome. Um, I know, Chris, you really liked the guy who dressed up as Odo. You thought he looked just like Odo. He did look just like Odo. And he was the only Odo we saw, I think, here, right? I think so, yeah. I think yeah. it was the only Odo that I saw. Uh, we got lots of Klingons. Yeah, they were yelling. Typically, the people who dress in full Klingon garb, they go like 110%. I mean, they are full on. Like, they have the forehead, the hair, the, the uh, makeup to paint their face. This year, they have the mask over their face, you know, part of that, too. So... They could have been doing that just because they were getting sick of masks and, you know, Klingons get a little rowdy when they have a little too much blood wine, right? So mm-hmm. they might have been uh, saying a, far, a few too many kaplas, <laughs> by the way, means success or victory in uh, Klingon. So, yes, I am that level of nerd. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> That's why we're here, though, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, we, we had a lot of really, uh, really good costumes we saw. Over the last few days, we got some more Orion Slave Girls. I think we've seen, what, five or six Orion Slave Girls? Yeah, se- to- several. Yeah, my wife heard that. She'd be like, oh, really? You're counting them now? Oh, they stand out to you? I mean, well, a bunch of women running around painted green, yeah, it kind of stands out a little bit, right? So It's a popular one. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been to a convention where I didn't see at least one girl or one woman painted up as an Orion Slave Girl. Mm. And, you know, they don't typically have a lot of clothing because it's an Orion Slave Girl and that's their, their, their character. But that was really cool. So besides just the costumes, though, who are some of uh, the other folks you guys have met the last three days as far as um, people, whether it was getting photos or, or autographs? Who are, who are some of the folks you met and maybe some of the, your favorite um, encounters with those people? So for me, I... Uh... I've been wearing this uh, Enterprise hat that uh, I got from Paramount while I was in in D.C. And so what I did was uh, I saw some of the cast from Enterprise and I asked them to sign my hat, which I thought was kind of unique. And so I saw uh, Connor, I saw Dominic, and I saw Anthony. 
and asked them to sign my hat, and they all did. And I was very, uh, very impressed by those folks. And uh, they're personable. They joked around. As a matter of fact, uh, Connor was like, I, you know, I came up to him and and Dominic, and I asked him. I said, "Hey, would you guys be willing to sign my hat?" And Connor really caught me by surprise because, and Chris, you were there. Yeah. You know, he he looked at me. He says. Hey man, for sixty bucks, I'll sign your butt. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god!" Wait, was that was that Connor? That I thought it was Dominic Keating who said that to you. No, that was Connor. That oh, said was. that to me. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Yeah, I, I I know that. I guess you're on a first name basis with these guys already now. I don't know how that works. Yeah, so I'm telling you, those guys are awesome. I was uh, I was very impressed with uh, their personal ability. You know. Yeah, yeah the Enterprise guys go to a lot of conventions and they're super personable. And I've said this before, Chris. I'm standing up to this too, too Ray. I, I think Enterprise might be the most underrated of all the Star Trek shows. It's only got four seasons. It doesn't get a lot. Uh, it doesn't get the, the hype and the pub that a lot of the other shows like TNG and Toss and stuff like that get. But, but Enterprise had a great cast. They're, I met every one of them except Jolene Blaylock, and they're all incredibly personable and really, really nice people. So what about you, Chris? Then, uh, is there anybody, anybody you met that you really enjoyed meeting, um, you know, talking to, getting an autograph or a photo op with or anything like that? Like all of them. You know, I, it's hard. I, I definitely enjoyed them. You know, uh, even though it was like a brief five seconds with uh, George Takei. Yeah, re- really neat to, to meet him. He said, thank you for coming. He was very gracious and personable. Uh, spent you know a little bit more time with him than William Shatner. William Shatner was re- really quick. Um, then, uh, of course, uh, I've said I've said it before. Um, Nikki Tyler Flynn, you know, mother to seven of nine. I got it right. No, no, Chris, go ahead. Say, say it the way you're the way you tried to say it. The whole convention. See if you can get it right this time. Mother of, oh man, I'm gonna have this. I have this mental block. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seven of Nine's mom. Seven of Nine's mom. Not, not uh, seven moms nine or whatever. Yeah. You yeah, yeah. Yeah. Seven. Yeah, seven of moms nine. Yeah, that's how I say it. It's back. Yeah, it's gonna be like that, like permanently now. So, yeah, de- definitely. Um, you know the ones I mentioned before: George, William, um, the Gorn. Bobby Clark. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Really yeah. By the way, he's a, I believe, a Korean War veteran. Yes. Which is really awesome. Saw that. Um, so, thanks to him for his service. That's really cool. Uh, and he's been, he did a ton of old television shows across time. So yeah, he's a really personable dude. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I really enjoyed meeting Dina Meyer. Uh, I, I'm a huge Starship Troopers fan. I love that franchise, and uh, getting to meet Dizzy Flores is really cool, especially at a Star Trek convention. Um, and yeah, but oh yeah, yeah, she, yeah, that interesting story she she told, right? She because Dizzy was not uh, who she wanted to read for, or she wanted the role of Dizzy, but she was reading for the the the, the main the main. Yeah, actor. I think she wanted Carmen, if I remember. Yeah, correctly. she wanted yep. Car- She wanted Carmen's role, which is the big role, and it, it sounded like they were considering her, but she said, "Well, let me let, let me read for this Dizzy." Flores, because she actually sounds really fun, and yeah, that's the bigger name and so forth. But this is something a more, uh, you know, a, a more fun character, and I would imagine that the Carmen's role was a bigger paycheck. But she wanted to play the, which that was more of the quote-unquote badass, and uh, she was perfect for the part. I mean, she played it perfectly, and uh, it was a good compliment between her and, and Johnny Rico. Of course, Rico wanted Carmen, and she wanted Rico, and 
it's a tale as old as time, as they say, right? But um, yeah, I really enjoyed meeting her. I mean, uh, I met Shatner uh, several, a couple times before, and meeting him again today was really fun. I actually had enough time to say a few things to him, and him talk back to me for a little bit because I had my thing signed. Plus, I was getting some stuff signed for Ray. So I'm sitting there standing there for what seemed like 20 minutes, but it was cool because I actually had to have a conversation with William Shatner at a Star Trek convention, which is hard to do because they're rushing people through, like herding cattle through, you know, through the through the stable or something like that. So that was really fun. Um, and then meeting some of the backstage, the backstage, the the behind the scenes folks like uh, Rick Sternbach, David Livingston, and Ron D. Moore. It was really fun talking to those guys about their time and everything. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, day two, three, and four, like you said, Chris, is, does kind of seem like a blur a little bit. Yeah. But it's been a lot of fun, and and there's been a lot of uh, uh, cool things we've seen, people we've talked to. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I've really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. We've got a whole bunch of panels lined up for tomorrow. Like I said, we talked about that earlier in part, uh, you know, the first segment, uh, the Picard the panel. We've got the DS9 Part 2 panel, another behind-the-scenes panel, Enterprise, Voyager. I mean, it's Saturdays and Sundays are usually the big two days for the Star Trek convention. So, um, it, it's, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow. Nice. Me hey too. Zach, so I wanted to take a quick opportunity to to ask you a question. So being that this is you know Chris's first and my second convention, and this is now your seventh convention, um, I wanted to get your thoughts on on a couple of things. One being, what in, in in your own words is the difference between your past panels that you've been to or through, and the panels that we've experienced recently? What have been some of your dislikes and, and likes of those panels? So let me think. Uh, previous panels compared to this one. Well, there, there's a lot of similarities. I mean, uh, um, I think the panels this year, and I think I said this in our a little bit in our preview before we came to Vegas, and then as well as uh, our day one look uh, and, and recap, that this year's panels – uh, definitely lacked some of that the star-studded power that you have in your past because so many people canceled this year due to COVID. So you know we, we've we've seen a lot of panels missing people who are supposed to be here, and we we haven't yet see, really seen a panel that has just a whole bunch of the main cast members. Even if it's not the whole cast from one show, we haven't seen a panel that's just like okay, it's just all main cast members and they talk about the show, right? Now, we are going to get some of that tomorrow, though. We're going to get that with the Voyager and the Enterprise panel because they're made up of main cast members. The cool thing about this year is I feel like we've had more panels with some of the recurring characters or cameo characters, and by that I mean the actors who play them. So that part's been unique because even though they're not main cast members, a lot of times Star Trek has always been filled with actors who have come in and played cameo roles who have been and done bigger things outside of Star Trek. So that's always fun to hear their perspective coming into the franchise and hearing what they have to say in comparison to the rest of the work they've done everywhere else. Of course, everyone always mentions about how Star Trek's so big and it's always a it's an honor to be asked to come on Star Trek and everything and the impact it's had across Hollywood, regardless of the genre that the other actors are working in. So that part's been really cool. Yes, it's been disappointing to be missing a lot of big names that were supposed to be here this year. But it's given an opportunity for some of the um, actors who aren't maybe as big to be able to hear more from them and have longer panels, I guess. So hopefully that answers your question. 
No, that that does, and and uh, yeah, like you, you know, I sh- obviously, as you know, I share in your disappointment with uh, Jerry Ryan in particular because she was one of the main folks that I was really hoping to to get an opportunity to meet uh, at this convention. But hopefully, down the road, or at another opportunity, that that will happen. The, la- the, the one other question I had for you, Zach, is uh, so seven conventions that you've been to. Out of all those conventions, who would you say is the 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 actor, the person that you have been most uh, wanting to meet and it got that opportunity through these experiences? Oh my gosh. Um, whoo, put me on the spot here. Um, it, it's hard to pick, I think, one person um, because I guess it, so. If you had to, and you're talking about just Star Trek actors, right? Not, not anybody. Period. Right? But just people on Star Trek. Right. Any any actor or person that you've met at a Star Trek convention that has really been high on your list of. Yeah, I mean, meaning. I think I think you know the typical responses would be William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, when he was still alive. I'm I'm so grateful to have met him before he passed away. Um, so thankful to have met Avery Brooks a couple times, played Captain Cisco in, in Deep Space Nine before he stopped doing conventions. Um, Rene Auberjonois before he passed away as Odo. Uh, I would say the the, the, the top guy that I, that I really wanted to meet because he plays my favorite character in the entire Star Trek franchise is probably Paul Meany, who played Chief O'Brien. Um, I don't really get starstruck or or you know giddy quote unquote when I meet celebrities. There's only been a, a couple instances. One was when I met Colomini. One was when I met Christopher Lloyd for the first time. Because, um, I mean, it's stock from Back in the Future. Those are, the, the, to me, the greatest movies ever made. Uh, and um, I, I guess I probably got a little, I mean, I guess I got probably a little Star Trek giddy when I, for the first time I met Shatner and the first time I met Nimoy. Because I met, got to meet them a couple times in years past. So it's a good question. Um, I have been very thankful and very fortunate to have, been able to meet the people that I've met over the years going to conventions, um, and it, it's cost me a pretty penny. But I have a lot of memories from those people. From meeting those people, uh, some are more personable than others. Obviously, Avery Brooks is one of the nicest people you ever meet. He literally stood there, and he actually ticked off the creation staff because he's they wanted to kind of hurry things through and get him through designing. You know, because they have a schedule to keep. And he's like, he actually got got mad at them. He's like, no. He's like, it's my autograph line. I'll take however long I want. And every person who came up to him. He'd look them in the eyes, he'd shake their hand, ask who their name, what their name was, where they're from, and have a conversation with them for like three or four minutes. So with, with Avery, you had to wait in line for a long, long time, especially if you were got towards the end of the line or you were called up later as your ticket number was called. But it was worth it because you felt like he genuinely wanted to get to know who you were and who you are. And, he, you know, he's kind of guys like, you know, probably figured, hey, these people are paying money to come see me. I'm going to have a conversation with them, you know. And so that was really impressive that he did that. Um, so those are some of the people, I think. But, but, yeah, I mean, having gotten a chance to have met the entire cast of Deep Space Nine, being that it's my favorite Star Trek show, and being that one of them doesn't go to convention anymore and one has passed away, to me that was that's now very special. Um, meeting Leonard, I mean – while it was very brief, because that's just how things work sometimes at conventions, um, he, he was an awesome guy. And having a chance to have met him before he passed away is really special. Unfortunately, I know you guys don't get a chance to do that. So that's why I'm so thankful, because I, I got to go at the right time and meet the people I got to meet before things happened. And uh, that's something I can never, ever, you know, um, replicate. That's something I can never, ever 
you know, not be thankful for. So, yeah, it's, it's hard to pin it down, but I, I would say probably the top person was called me because Chief O'Brien's my favorite character in the entire franchise. So, yeah. Oh, nice. The Chief. The Chief, that's right. He's always the, – the, 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 so actually, I saw a T-shirt, I think it was earlier today or yesterday. Somebody's wearing it on the convention, and the shirt says, uh, <laughs> O'Brien must suffer. It's a well-known fact that Chief O'Brien's character was put to the ringer on DS9. You guys have both watched the show. <laughs> He's always getting beat up, bruised. And, and Chris, when we, when we do our eventual deep dive at Deep Space Nine, which, I mean, if I had my way, we'd be doing like 30 episodes of the, on Deep Space Nine. Uh, but there were so many instances where O'Brien just, it's like they hated his character because <laughs> they just constantly just put him to the ringer. But he was... He, his character was a man's man. You know, he's a hardworking, blue-collar guy who had a family. He was so relatable that I think that's kind of what drew me to him, especially being a family guy myself. So, anyways. All right. Well, this has been a great look at day two, three, and four of the uh, 2021 mission tour, Star Trek Las Vegas, Las Vegas Star Trek convention. I almost did a seven of mom's nine there for a second. You'll start, <laughs> it'll catch on. It'll, it, 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 it could. We're gonna, we should get teachers made. We'll make that for next year and we'll give one to Nikki, <laughs> Nikki Flynn Tyler. Um, but, but, but thanks Ray for joining us on this, on this segment of uh, our look at day two, three, of course. Four convention. And we look forward to bringing you a recap of tomorrow. After we get back, we're going to, we're going we're gonna to get back, kind of decompress for a little bit. We're going to give you our, our, our look at the last day of the convention just like we have these first two episodes of uh, our, our look at the convention and um, tell you what we think. And we'll wrap up the convention with our th overall thoughts. And I'm looking forward, Chris, uh, in our next episode to hearing your overall thoughts of your very first convention. And what's great is, is we get to capture your first convention on recording on our podcast, which, I mean, I didn't, I didn't do that for mine. So that you can maybe one day go back and take a listen to what your thoughts were and what the experience was for you in that first convention. Yes. And be able to recount it against other conventions you may go to in the, in the future. So, all right, guys, that's it for us. Thanks, as always, for listening. We really do appreciate it. We're, we're pushing almost 300 listeners now. We, we absolutely love it. So thank you to all you out there who are listening and tuning into these episodes of us ramble on about nerdy and geeky stuff. We love it. Uh, thank you for those who have subscribed, who have left us reviews. If you haven't got a chance to uh, give us a rating on there, leave us a comment, let you know, uh, let us know what you think of the podcast. No matter what platform you're on, give us a subscribe or a follow, depending on what it is. And uh, we did, I did talk to a guy named Scott Mance today. He is a host of the podcast Enterprise Incidents. You can find them on Apple Podcasts or any other major platforms. And uh, their their podcast is all about uh, the original series and doing a deep dive into every original series episode there is. And I talked to him today at the, at the convention, and we're going to look at getting him on in a future episode, talking about his podcast and talking about what the original series means to him. Because this dude is so passionate about the original series, it's infectious yeah. in a great way. So I'm really looking forward to hopefully setting up an interview with you. So we've gotten three interviews, future interviews potentially set up, set up for our podcast here. We look forward to bringing those to you at a, at a later date. So stay tuned for that. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We, we, we appreciate it. We love you all. And we will catch you next time on the Random Red Shirt Podcast.